0: Rick Arnellis wasn't always interested in helping others, despite being pushed repeatedly in that direction by near-death experiences, family tragedies, and even deaths. It wasn't until the ever-worsening times of 2020, when he was laid off, quarantined, and desperate, that he finally got his wake-up call. You are not going to want to miss this story of Rick Ornelas and how he turned his life around and so can you.
1: Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham.
0: Do you feel like you have greatness trapped inside of you? Rick Arnellis is an ultimate success coach who can help you unlock your amazing potential. And he is going to share today how each one of us have that potential inside of us. He is going to help us tap into that. Rick is the author of 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World. He is also the founder of iSpark. Change. I can't wait to hear about this, Rick, because just listening to some of the other things that you have have shared and reading what you have shared, this is a message for everybody. So he is the founder of iSpark Change, which is a community of those who, drumroll, seek to make the world a better place one act at a time. I think this is something that we all want to be involved in. Thank you, Rick, for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope.
2: Hi, Carol. Uh, It's a pleasure to be on Never Ever Give Up Hope. Uh, Thank you very much for the opportunity to share uh, my story and to be on your show.
0: Oh, absolutely. This is going to be exciting. So the first thing we talk about on the show is also the the point in our lives where we seem to have just be at the bottom. Many people in my audience are going to be able to relate with the heartache that you experienced, and even more so in our current COVID world. So let's start in 2004. What
2: happened with your sister? I've, I, I have like many others, have been you know, touched by, by tragedies uh, in my life that, that come when you absolutely do not expect them. And in two thousand and four, where I have a young family, I, I'm happy we had just we had just bought a new house and, and things going great and extended family, everything seems fine. I have a sister, uh, Linda, who was she was struggling with uh, with bipolar disorder and she had um, been in and out of the hospital and had you know challenges for. For many years, but it seemed you know it seemed uh, manageable. She'd got married, um, she had two uh, very beautiful um, infant children I mean they they're just eleven months apart, my niece and nephew, so they were they were very young and she seemed like she was okay um, and then one day I remember i was I was out I was a sales rep at the time, and I was out working with my with my boss. We get back to the car after, uh, we had been on a sales call and I see my phone that I had like a dozen missed calls from my wife and I, you know, immediately call her back, you know, wondering what's wrong. And and she's, you know, in tears and and she's very distraught and, you know, she just keeps saying, she just keeps saying, you have to come home. You have to come home. And and I, I was like, what, what's going on? What, What is going on? You know, you have to tell me, she proceeds to tell me that you know my my sister um had taken her own life. And oh my goodness. And I, I I remember it so clear. I I threw the phone down on the on the floor of the of the car. And you know my boss who was my friend, you know, he he's like, what but what's going on? You know, what what happened? What happened? And you know I told him what had happened and you know he was speechless. I mean, you know, what do you say to someone in that situation? And you know I, I tried to gather myself. And I, I, you know, I drove home, we weren't that far, you know, so I drove, drove him back to his car and drove, you know, home to to see my wife. And it it was just like, I think I was in shock, you know, for, because that's, like I said, that's just something that you don't expect. It just comes out of the blue. Yeah. And that that was, it was a very, very, um, you know, challenging time. And how did you handle it? I've always been, so I'm the youngest of five and I four older sisters, you know, Linda included. And I had always been the one that um, my family looked to for not necessarily for answers, but looked for for uh, looked to for strength, looked to be like a someone uh, supportive and and someone strong, you know, when others were were struggling, and that was the role that you know I, I kind of assumed from a very young age, and so I, I took I said, okay, well, this is a time to be strong, so. You know, my, my wife and I we immediately packed up, you know, the the kids, and we and we headed uh, headed down. You know, we lived we were living in California at the time, and uh, we had to drive down, you know, about three hours to to where my my brother in law lived, and we you know we drove down to be with him and home with the kids and be with my family, and and it it was just I remember being in this house, which was, you know, coincidentally um, on the same street that. The house I grew up in, we all grew up in, so you know, very close. Just all the memories, and I remember just you know trying to be there, and we we just were just all in such shock, but we just tried to support, you know, support each other, you know, as much as we as much as we could, you know, and to be there, you know, for my mom especially, and for my other sisters, you know, and for my brother-in-law, you know, and for the little ones that you know had no idea because they were just you know, they were just babies at the time, but but just just trying to be as as supportive as as possible and you know put on that face aura of support for for everyone whether even though i was pretty much um dying inside but you you just try to be strong uh, for everyone else
0: one thing that you said was that life was going good and then you got blindsided by this tragedy and i think that is sadly a common scenario and i can relate to that personally i remember clearly saying to my husband one day, I don't think life could be any better. And three days later, the bottom fell out. When that happens, I think that having a good life has probably been a real perk, you know, that you did have that security. And as you yourself had to become strong, not just for yourself, but for others in your family and be that pillar. And we have sometimes more strength in us than we imagine we have,
2: correct? Oh, ha- absolutely. Absolutely, Carolyn, and, and that's something that has, the more I've realized that, the more it's manifested itself in my life. And, you know, I, I believe those things happen for a reason. And that I do feel that all of us have that capability inside that, that, you know, we don't know, we never know until we're put in that situation, right? We never know how we're going to handle it. And then, when it is in those times of adversity that that's where we truly grow stronger and that's where we truly um you know become the the best version of ourselves it's not when it's easy because that you know it, it's like it's like working out right if you just lift a if you lift a weight that doesn't weigh anything then there's no you know there's no strain and there's no there's no growth for for the muscle right and and it's it's exactly the same way you know when the easy times you know we're we're, we're getting very little benefit other than, you know, some enjoyment, I guess, in the moment. But, you know, long term, it's it's those other times where all that, uh, you know, all that strength comes from, for sure.
0: Well, I certainly relate, and I'm sure many members of the audience do. Those of you who have read my own memoir know that was one tragedy after another. And I know that Rick is going to share that part of his story as well. And sometimes you feel like, how can I take one more? But then in hindsight, years later, and you look back and you think, look at all the people that I have been able to help and encourage, just share my story with to give them something to look forward to, knowing that this is not the end of the road. This is just a bump in the road. And you hit the nail right on the head there when you said that you are better, a better person, a better friend, a better husband, a better father, a better er everything as a result of what you had endured. But that's not the end of the story. Tell us as you progress now to mid-2020 when the whole world came crashing down, what brought you to that point and
2: what happened? Well, last year or so in you know, just over a year ago, you know, about 13 months ago, when the the world went into quarantine, right, kind of the whole world is going into quarantine, and we're all everything's shutting down. And where we live in Texas, we had to go into quarantine, and everything's businesses are closing and everything. When all that happened, you know, like a lot of people, and probably a lot of your listeners, I started to get fearful and and anxious because of the uncertainty of of it all. Mm -hmm. And, and, the, I, I think that was a big challenge, you know, for me and others is that, you know, I'm someone that, you know, prides myself on being, you know, organized <laughs> and having a sense of control, right, over, over my life. And then all of a sudden, you have zero control, right? You're like, oh, that, that control is well, taken away right. from me. Now you have no control. And that was not a comfortable place for me. Right. And, and, you know, I think it's, it was a, it was an excellent lesson at the time for me is to, you know, learn that, you know, we never really have control. Right. Uh-huh. And as, as that all started happening and I started just being, being very un- uncomfortable as the days progressed, you know, and I found myself looking at the counters every day and, Oh, it's you know, virus is getting worse and all these things. And what's, what's going to happen? And what's going to happen? Start, start thinking of all those, what if scenarios and, again that's not something that i typically do you know i've learned over many years that that's it's just not a productive behavior you know those kind of what ifs you know it's okay to prepare for things but, but you know like kind of what if and you know negative self-talk and it, it became so uncomfortable that i i realized i needed to do something i decided to um to write and so I, I wrote a blog that was entitled how to use COVID as an opportunity and it was i had so many thoughts actually that i had to put it in two parts of a blog my 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 colleague who reviewed it, he said, "You know what? This is there's too much good stuff here. You need to break it up into two parts." So I broke it up into a two part blog, and and the first part was about you know using the time as an as an opportunity, right? That that right. that the COVID wasn't yes, it had its challenges, and yes, there was uncertainty and all that, but that in itself gave us a gift. It, it gave us a gift of of time. It gave us a gift of being able to you know, be present with our families and being able to Help others and and all these wonderful things, and and that's what I—that's what I wrote about. I wrote about you know, just seizing the opportunity that that we were all given. And as I wrote that, I—I said, you know what? It reminded me. So for for the past few years, and you know, I I can relate a a story of of where this came from. But for the past few years, I had been thinking about writing um, a book that had been in my head for 20 years um, since I had been in a you know, major car accident. And I decided, I'm like, now's the time. Now is the time you you can't put this off. You've been putting it off long enough and, and you can't put that off. And so I decided to channel, you know, my, my energy into, into writing. And, and I finally started, you know, writing my book 12 hours of heaven. And I, and I just put all my attention into that because as the days went by and and I wrote um, more and more, the world was getting worse. The world was getting even worse. I mean, we had, you know, the the, the issues with, um, you know, racism and the protests and and all sorts of tragedies. And I was like, what is going on? Like things are just getting worse and worse and worse. And, and what I, that empowered me more because I felt, I was like, Hey, I've been given this gift. I need to do something with it. And I need to help give others hope and and give them some inspiration. And that's what I, I felt I was being called to do. You know, that's what I Felt I was being told, you know, inside my my heart and and in my head and you know in my spirit, my soul, that I was being told, look, you have to, you have to, continue on, you know, writing and you have to continue with this work and just inspire inspire others. And, and yeah, it was crazy.
0: What I loved what you said was seizing the opportunity that each one of us was given and personally with my husband and I and our business that is exactly what we did and I know as soon as you reach out and look outside you know your own little world you will find that and that is exactly what you did and what we did and so many did rather than look at what happened as tragedy but turned it around to an opportunity we're just going to take a quick break and then we are going to talk about when you hit bottom how this turned around and we want to hear about your book we'll be back in just 30 seconds Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another, gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering, or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. What we would like to do is to hear what else happened to bring you to this place before you turned your life around, there were other situations that happened that a lot of people would look at stumbling blocks rather than stepping stones. So I'd like you to share during this time when you felt you had hit bottom and some of the other things that brought you to the, this place where you turned your life around. Take us on that trip.
2: Yes, thank you for asking, Carol. So you know, as I was, as I was saying uh, before the break, that I, I started to write and I figured I needed to write to, to help myself, right, to help inspire and empower myself and to do the same for others. As I reflected on, you know, the story that had been in my head for 20 years, it, it took me back to the the initial spark uh, for that story. And you, you, you go back to 20 years ago, you know, even before my sister had passed away, when I, I'm, you know, living in that good time. Like I'd said, i said, I had, I had two, two daughters at the time. Now we have three, but but two, and they were, they were small, you know, they were about one and four and, and we were, you know, happy young family. And, and one day we're, we're driving back um, from a birthday party down in Los Angeles. It was about, you know, two and a half hours away from where we lived. And, and we're coming back from a birthday party and it starts to rain like it never rains in Sorry. Southern California. And the <laughs> it's you know the roads are super slick and and cars have pulled off to the side and and we you know we we contemplate it just um pulling over and waiting but it doesn't look like it's letting up and and my wife doesn't want to you know be stuck uh in the when it starts getting dark and it was getting late and so we decide to just carry on you know slowly and, and cautiously well um unfortunately the Water had other plans for our you know our journey because I, I hit a, a puddle and we're, we're driving in the slow lane and I hit a puddle and we start hydroplaning and spinning out of control to the left and we spin across four lanes of the oh highway. My goodness. And and as we're as we're heading towards the center divider, I'm trying to steer and, and both my wife and I are screaming and, and we you know we just don't know what's going on. And I try to steer and Somehow we don't hit the center divider and we start, but we do continue to spin out of control spinning and we spin the opposite direction and we spin back across the four lanes the other way. (laughs) And, and we don't hit any other cars crazy. We don't hit any other cars and, and we go off the freeway, up, off the shoulder, up this slanted dirt embankment. And we hit a brick wall, a cinder block wall at high of velocity and we flip over and we land back on the wheels.
0: Oh and you're still alive at this point.
2: And we're and we're we're still alive at this point. And I I immediately I, I look at my wife and see if she's okay and, and look at my daughters who were strapped into their car seats and you know they were had been asleep and they were awake and they were crying. But but they seem you know okay and, and the windshield is completely shattered. The, the right side windows are shattered and the car's filled to glass and dirt and it's still raining and, and the roof is completely smashed down, you know, down to our heads. But but we all seem fine. So we we're ma- we managed to get the kids and we crawl out of my side and there's a, a older couple that had pulled over and they were sitting there on the side of the road and they, they put Um, the, the lady has a blanket and she wraps it around my wife who's sitting on the side of the road, just crying and holding my daughters as tight as she can. And I'm talking to the gentleman and he says to me, he says, I can't believe that you all got out of the car. I can't believe that you're alive and that you're not dead. And he says, that's the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, and like I said, this was an older gentleman and it didn't really hit me right away because I thought I was like, wow, you know, it it was so fast. Right. And I, I didn't, I didn't think like, you know, how lucky we were. Right. And then, so we, we get taken in ambulance and they say the kids are fine and the car gets towed off where it really hit me was the next day I, I get um, a ride down to the, well, well, two things. First two things really hit me when, when my sister and brother-in-law came to pick us up to take us, take us home. Um, my young daughter, Kinsey, who, like I said, was one at the time when we tried to put her in the car, in the car seat, she started screaming and did not want to get back in the car. And, and that she loved, you know, she would fall asleep every time she sat in her car seat. She loved it. And she was so scared Uh to get, she just kept Uh saying no. And was so scared. And I was like, Oh my gosh, look at the impact it had on her, even though she's, you know, just little bitty and, and she was asleep, you know, how frightened she was. And then, so I, I realized how powerful of an event it was right how dramatic right right. and then the second thing that made me realize was when i went to the the tow the tow yard where they had towed my car and it's sitting on a flatbed um in front of the office and it's all demolished and um sitting there and i go inside to the office and i say to the gentleman there i said yeah i'd like to get my things you know can i get them out of the, the black grand prix that's on the flatbed and he says well whose car is that? And I said, well, it's my car. And he said, no, that's, that, that's not your car. And, and I said, well, yeah, it's, it's my car. And he said, no, no, I, I, I always know, you know, what happened to the people by what the car looks like and and whoever was driving that is either dead or in the hospital. Oh, and, and, no. wow. and, and I was like, you know, I had to show him my ID and, and prove that it was my car and everything and, and get our <laughs> stuff. And, and I, you know, at, at first, like, I didn't think about those things until afterward. And as I reflected, I thought about it and I was like, you know, this is really a, a really a, a, quite a blessing. Like this is, a, you know, a miracle in a sense that we're, of that we're not dead, right. That my family was protected. And, and my mom kept telling me, you know, your guardian angel protected you, your guardian angel protected you. And, and she gave me a little angel pin to put in my in my uh. car moving forward. and, and one day i'm sitting there staring up at that little angel pin on the visor and instantly the story which would become my book hit me like a movie and where it was wow. in my head where it was in, like i had just watched the movie like it was in my head clear as day like i had just viewed the whole movie and and the story is which i you know didn't write for 20 years because of you know i i kept going back to that place of comfortability that that so many of us go to where you, you go back and you're like, Oh, things are good again. So I guess I can just go along with my life and everything's okay. And then bam, 2004. Right. And then you go along and then, you know, and then, um, you know, bam, some other challenge, um, you know, hits, hits you. And, and there's plenty, you know, we'd be here all day if I tell you about all of them, but, but, like everyone, like me and, and anyone else that's listening, we all have those things that just, they come along, right? And, and we get in that comfortable place. And so for 20 years, I got in that comfortable place until I was forced, like I said, with, with COVID. And 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 so that brings us back to where I start writing. And, and in the writing, the story is about an angel that is sent down from heaven. And he helps, he gets trapped in an elevator with 10 individuals that are all totally different individuals. And they get trapped in this big elevator. And they're trapped overnight for 12 hours and, and during those 12 hours he's able to help them all through the biggest challenges that they have that they're facing in their life and and he teaches them some lessons and he learns some things uh, himself and and those lessons those lessons for a better world as i as i call them those were things that i've learned over you know the, the past 20 years oh and beyond and
0: that's awesome
2: um, <laughs> they're yeah and thank you and 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 they're not i'll just I'll just just sum it up by saying these are all things that aren't unique to me they're they're lessons that yes. touch anyone yeah that touch anyone like practicing gratitude or or being present with your family or um or loving or giving I mean these are all things that anyone can do and and anyone can has inside of them. you just have to get out of that comfortable place and and share it uh, with others.
0: What a wonderful challenge. Now, when people read the book, is it written like a story or is it like each chapter is a separate thing that we should practice?
2: That's a that's an excellent question. And others have asked the same thing. Um it, it's written, it's one whole story. So it's it's one whole story um with with the angel and, and his you know, he's up in heaven and he gets sent down and and he's on a his own journey of, you know, discovering himself. And, and then, you know, there's, there's different uh, chapters attached to different lessons that are attached to different characters um, within the elevator, but it's all one complete story. So it's not a series of short stories. It's one, one whole complete story. And, and there's actually a, a, a follow-up of, Book that I just started that will will uh, continue uh, the story.
0: Now, did this uh, pull volt you then to starting? iSpark spark change, and tell us about that.
2: Yes, that that is exactly exactly what happened, Carol. Um, as I as I um, if I take us back to the time where I started writing, you know, last April, and I started going through it very methodically, which is how I do a lot of things. You know, I said, okay, well, I'm going to write. You read online and it says you should write every day, and you should write, you know, five hundred to a thousand words a day, and be consistent. and And you know, you're you're an author, so you can appreciate that. and And I said, okay, I'm just going to go about it, you know, very, very methodical, right? Well, well, I, I think God had other plans for me because as I as I got into that, and you know, about the time June June hit, and you know, I was I was thinking about my, my dad had passed away in 2019. And, you know, one of those tragedies of life, you know, my father passed away at the age of 96, who was my, we were very close, you know, I was only son, and we were always had a great relationship. And, and I had been blessed with so many years uh, with him after, you know, he had been had different health issues, even back in his 70s. And, and he was always a, you know, much older, you know, father, and, and you know, felt so fortunate, I just kind of, you know, figured, oh, he's gonna, you know, be here till 100. And that's right, everything. And, and, and then he had a fall, and then that ended up you know ex speeding things up and and he passed away and and at the end of july and and as we started getting closer to that, I started getting more emotional and more spiritually connected as I'm writing about this angel and spiritual you know content and 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 I was you know praying a lot more, and I started getting really really connected and what happened is I went through this spiritual awakening period where I felt. Like I was being like I was being divinely inspired that I, I felt that the story was just being given to me and I was just typing to where my writing I started writing over 2,000 words in a couple hours and at a time and and it just flourished and and I you know I didn't really have to you know think about the story or everything just flowed right out and And during that time, which lasted, you know, from about June you know, about my birthday till about, about, you know, anniversary of my father's death, the end of July of about, you know, four or five weeks, it was such a uh, enlightened and emotional time for me that I had a flood of ideas in that time and creativity was just flowing. And during that time I was having dreams and visions and, 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 felt a deeper calling to do more to not just write the book but to okay. do more which I had alluded to earlier and that's when the idea for ice spark change came the idea for ice spark change came during that time where I, I felt I was being told to release the book give people some hope but then take it far beyond that and and start working on a, a you know a greater calling and a greater cause to you know connect other individuals that want to Spread positivity and, and love in the world and want to spark change and show them that they can and show them you know empower them uh show them that they're not alone in a time of when we're all isolated right in a time when everybody's isolated show show us that we were not alone so how and, can
0: people get connected with you this way and what what challenge can we give the audience to get
2: connected yeah, that, that's a great question it is, is if they go to iSparkChange, this is the letter iSparkChange.com, um, then there they can sign up and, and join Change. And all that it takes to join I Spark Change is just making a commitment, saying that you want to positively impact the world. That's it. <laughs> that's it's, awesome. I mean, there's there's nothing else. It doesn't take – there's no cost. There's no anything. They can go to the Facebook group. It's you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of those. It's the same thing, I Spark Change, but they can find the Facebook group and join there and they'll see you know affirmations and and positivity and and you know, motivation and everything on a daily basis on social media um but um what what i would sh- what i would challenge them you know since you asked what i would challenge them is that to every day to just to one thing one thing that will have um a positive impact and i won't even say the world because a lot of people they think that's too big right and they think oh what am i going to do i'm one person how can i impact the world but what i will challenge everybody is that just by one positive action as simple as a smile as simple as a smile at someone you know a stranger and i've said this a lot that's the simplest thing i can think of that anybody has the capability to do right it doesn't it doesn't cost anything it doesn't take any time any effort Um, you actually use less muscles in your face than frowning. So you, you just, you smile and, and that has a ripple effect that, you know, that the whole pay it forward kind of ripple effect that impacts the world, whether you see it or not, it it does have a ripple effect. And that's the challenge I would make. And the last thing I'll say is that, that because I know people want to think of different ways, if they do sign up and join iceberg change they'll get a free download of 25 creative ways to spread positive change in the world. Oh, that's
0: fantastic.
2: Yeah, and these are things anybody can do. These are things that anybody can do today. Like It it doesn't take any preparation or time or money or anything that, that anyone can do
0: that's I really appreciate that I was hoping that that was going to be something that you would have available it's just kind of like a kickstart like a boost you know for somebody to and it is it's just like um, buying a cup of coffee for somebody or any number of things you know the stranger being kind like you said smiling you don't have to walk down the street very far to see the fear in people's faces and to see the anguish and to see you know the turmoil within themselves not knowing what's going to happen next and this crazy world so when you share that and we can spread that good news it there's no there's no end and i'm sure that um you will agree there is no end it's ongoing anything yeah, that you would absolutely. like to share in like a summary or whatever
2: yeah first off i just want to say thank you thank you very much carol this has been you know a a uh, Phenomenal experience just chatting with you, and uh, you know, I, I it's, it's truly a blessing. So thank you for that um, and this opportunity. And second, I would say I would just continue what I was saying. I would just empower anyone that's listening, anyone that comes across this um, this episode, or that comes across Ice Spark Change, that you can make the world a better place, and it it starts with each one of us and. Each one of us just doing those tiny, tiny little actions—they do have a ripple effect. They do have a snowball effect that will change the world. You know, it, I, I've, I'm committed to doing this, working on this for the rest of my life. Um, so um, hopefully, there'll be a lot of others that will do the same. Um, and the more each of us can do those tiny little actions, those do have that—you know—that big compound effect that you know, long-term. They will make a difference. So you know, please don't be afraid to to um, seek out some change and and uh, help others.
0: I really appreciate that. As you were talking, I was thinking that I'm going to make this a challenge when we when we share your story here uh, on the website to just. To really encourage people to possibly not only do those things, but to also let us know, to let us know what they did and let this become like, a you know, a momentum that is going to build, which I know is your, that's where your heart's desire is. So we need to buy your book, get inspired there, and then hook up with you at I Spark Change, and let's turn some of these negativities around. Thank you so much, Rick, for sharing what you did today. I really appreciate everything that you said. Everything that you've gone through has made you a better, stronger person, and you are feeling, I'm sure, more fulfilled than you ever expected just because of where you are now and that's the purpose when we help others when we share our stories we are the ones that end up <laughs> getting getting blessed and, and and having the the good end of the stick so to speak right
2: yeah absolutely that that you hit the nail on the head with with that one um you know i'm doing all this to help others and i'm probably the one getting the most benefit exactly but, you know I, I never look at it that way cuz uh, you know i feel if i of just of course not keep but that's what others, happens <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you again, Rick, for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope. And we are looking for some exciting things to happen as a result of this podcast today. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.